volunteer state. It's time to join the nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Ballquest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Breaking news and giving expert analysis. For the next hour, Chris and Austin will take your calls on college athletics around the SEC and the nation. College football, basketball, special guests, recruiting, and more. The nation. Hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Want to get a full tank of freedom? Stop by your neighborhood Marathon station. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. By Blue Bunny Ice Cream. Available in Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. By Tennessee LASIK Associates. Proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK and by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The Nation is also brought to you by... Sunday afternoon and early evening to everybody across the great state of Tennessee or wherever you might be listening to us. I'm Chris Lowe with Austin Price, and this is The Nation. We do it every Sunday right here at the Texas Roadhouse. We're at the Alcoa location tonight. Love for you to come by and see us. Uh, big crowd here, as there always is. Um, Austin's already put a dent. I don't know if you put have you put a dent in your um, you're 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 a, you're a chicken guy, grilled chicken guy. I'm not chicken or steak. I rotate back and forth. Yeah, applesauce, French fries, baked potato. Yeah, a little bit of everything here, though. Steak, baked potato, They got chicken, ribs here. They got, ribs. You name it, they got it. And it's good. I can promise you that. So come by and see us. We'd uh, love to see you. We, As I said, we do this every Sunday. We love uh, the fact that you spend part of your Sunday evenings with us. Uh, a lot going on in the world of sports, in particular the world of UT Sports, Tennessee, with a uh, not a big day in terms of numbers on signing day AP, but two players and, again, you know, you never – I never judge signing days based on ranking or how many star players you get. What I try to do is look at how many players did you get or what players did you get that were legitimately recruited and offered by the teams that you got to beat on the field. Yeah, that, that's And Tennessee right. got two of those guys and Wyman and Beckham. And sometimes that coincides with their – ranking and stars and sometimes right. it doesn't but you're right I, I look way more at who's offered who's recruiting who who is who's in a legitimate take for some of these schools um more so than than the the ranking the the stars i mean like i said a lot of times they coincide but sometimes they don't and uh you know i think it's important to you know note that who tennessee beat out for d beckwith they beat out florida and who'd they beat out for malachi weidman Oregon, a, a team that's you know perennially a top ten team, uh, the last you know ten fifteen years, and 
Florida State, a team he had been committed to since last spring. So, um, you know, for for Tennessee to end on, you know, what I thought was as good a day as you could have. They had two spots left. Now, granted, if Zach Evans decides he wants to come on down the line, then Tennessee will have a spot for him. But realistically, they had two spots. They filled them with their top two targets on the second signing class, went two for two. And, uh, you know, I, I said on uh, Wednesday, a lot of credit goes to two guys that don't get much credit for their recruiting prowess, and that's Will Friend and Chris Winky. Both those guys, Winky, um, you know, <clears throat> developed a really good rapport with, you know, not only Malachi but the people around Malachi. And then, you know, Will Friend did the same thing with the people over there in Florence, Alabama, like uh, former Ravenwood head coach Will Hester, who's the head coach there at Florence High School, um, and then and did a great job of developing – uh, his relationship with, with D, D's family, and, of course, D's brother, younger brother, who will be a walk-on at Tennessee, Cam Beckwith. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be joined by D Beckwith coming up at 6.15, uh, and then we'll have uh, Tony Vitello at 6.30 as the Tennessee baseball season gets ready for its first pitch of this 2020 campaign. And so Let's hope they uh, don't get wa- uh, rained out, washed out, flooded out, or snowed out next week. Well, it, it, it's with the weather around here in the south in general, it's uh, you're very capable of just about anything. Yeah, you mentioned Will Friend. You're really going back to the season. It's been a really, it's been a nice run for Will Friend, being as as essential as he was and getting back with. And look at the way his offensive line came on last year. Well, that starting it, starting two freshmen at tackle, having you know sort of having to bring Trey Smith on slowly and get him back in. The way they were able to create some depth, and, and let's be honest, the way they really played down on the stretch says a lot about him and a lot, of, a lot about the way that offensive line took to him and played with the kind of personality he wanted them to play with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought Will had, has had a really good, nice year. You know, you could say, you know, he's had back-to-back pretty good years in recruiting when you look at Darnell Wright a year ago and, and you know, Wanya Morris. Now, you know, he had some help with Darnell, with Brian Niedermeyer up there in West Virginia. They also had a natural in at the school um, from day one with Billy Seals, the head coach, who's a big a big Tennessee guy. He's from Morristown. So, like, Tennessee was always kind of around the lips of people around Darnell. <laughs> and it's not why he came here, but, like, it helps when you have an in mm-hmm. uh, in recruiting. But this year specifically, I thought Will did a phenomenal job. He was in on Jimmy Holiday well before Jimmy Holiday kind of rose up the ranks in recruiting circles. He, he was in on him big time before he ever even had an offer from either one of the Mississippi schools or, or, or TCU or any of the other schools that got heavily involved with, with the uh, athletic quarterback um, from down there in, in Madison, Mississippi. And then, of course, he does finish it off this week with D. Backwood. Well, the older you get, the more you realize that life is so much about relationships, and that's certainly true of yeah. recruiting. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, it, at the end of the day, what you and I do is, is relationship-based. What they do is, as coaches, uh, you know, with their current team and then recruits is, is relationship-based. I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, having people around you that, you know, they feel like, you know, they can trust you. And, uh, you know, I thought Will, Will's, Will's just kind of a natural personality, um, got, a, got a great personality with kids. And then Chris Winky as well. Um, well, I think both those guys have really kind of grinded out this 2020 class. And to me, it was very, uh, you know, symbolic that those two guys were the ones to help finish this one off. We'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Mortgage Investors Group, for helping bring you the nation each week. Be ahead of other buyers by getting pre-qualified before you start looking. 
pre-qualification gives you bargaining power and can help you close quicker, get pre-qualified, and get moving. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, MIG can help you fulfill your home buying goals. 100% financing is possible to take you from renting to owning. Call our friends at Mortgage Investors Group to see if you qualified based on borrow qualification. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to helping Tennesseans fulfill their dreams of home ownership. Their mortgage experts will find and they'll structure the mortgage that best fits your needs and achieves your goals. Mortgage Investors Group wants to be your home lender. Are you buying a new home? Uh, do you need to lower your home loan payment? Maybe you need to pull out some cash out of the equity in your home. Let Mortgage Investors Group work for you. Go to MIGonline.com for the office near your shoe, equal housing lender, license 109-111-109-111. Yesterday in Thompson Bowling Arena, John Calipari's Kentucky Wildcats come in and win 77-64 over a Tennessee team that played hard, scrapped, uh, beat the Cats to a lot of 50-50 balls. But let's be honest, you know, watching Tennessee play offense right now, is tough because they just don't get anything easy. Nothing comes easy for them on offense. Uh, they continue to struggle, or, or certainly struggled yesterday when it comes to shooting the three-pointer, seven of 26 from three-point range. Here's another key AP. Tennessee yesterday in that basketball game, three points off the bench. Three points off the bench. And it's just, uh, again, you know, it's – I call them garbage points. What do you want to call them? But they just don't get a lot of those easy baskets – inside whether it's you know points you know baskets inside four feet but where you just get it uh you know a big guy you know and certainly they need to, you know euros to, to to be more assertive rick barnes talking about that get more out of him and he's just you know haven't missed all the time he did he's not as nearly as far along as they'd hoped he would be but it's not just on him getting stuff going to the basket and getting easy baskets and again if if you only get three points off the bench against a deep talented team like kentucky uh, you know, it's always going to be an uphill struggle. It is, and, and you're right. I mean, Tennessee just right now, it's kind of John Fulkerson, um, Santiago Vescovi, Eve Pons, and that's about it on offense. Right. I mean, you know, Jordan Bowden continues to be, uh, you know, just a mystery. I mean, he shows these flashes, and, and you know, in a couple of the last, you know, wins for Tennessee, he had strong second halves you know, to, to help, you know, this basketball team. But then he goes into this, you know, lull again yesterday. And you hate to see it because Jordan's such a great kid, um, you know, and it's his, his last go around. But he, he just he's, he is struggling mightily offensively. He had a three-pointer yesterday with, you know, a minute, what, a minute and a half to go, Chris, that would have pulled him within two. Right. And then, you know, he misses. And here comes Kentucky back the other way. I mean, it just – it's one of those situations where, you know, when you're having to rely on a guy that literally has been here one month and, you know, um, and then, you know, inside, you know, Fulkerson's giving him everything he's got. Right. I mean, no he, he's emptying he's emptying the bucket every game. And, um, he, and he gets to the free throw line yesterday 12 times. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, Tennessee just – they have to have really almost everything go their way when they're playing a team like Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Um, or a team like Auburn, they they're going to sh- have a shot to win. Yeah, they got to shoot better than fifty percent from free, from the three point line. They got to get to the free throw line more than the other team does, and they got to have you know they got to have. And, and it hurts to have you know Josiah Jordan James not play. I think he's I don't know that he's been healthy for a long time, and you know they've got to get him healthy. But it's one of those things at this point in the season where you know it's uh, 
it's tough to sort of lose him, certainly his perimeter defense, just to lose him on the backcourt because it makes it even harder when you when you subtract him from the lineup to get bench points. But uh, I think it's it's pretty obvious in watching the way teams play Tennessee now is they're going to do everything they can to take. They're going to zone them up, make them shoot. And, and they're going to tr- try to take Bowden out and make, it, make him work for everything because then if you do that and you really make him work and struggle and not have you know a, a good shooting game, then there's just not a lot of other options that Tennessee has on offense to get points. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Tennessee had a, had a chance there when, when really Kentucky had been the better team um, the entire game. They had a chance there with a couple of minutes to go to maybe you know steal one. And, I mean, they're coming off that really nice game where they were able to come back and beat Alabama you know, in the midweek. Where, you know, both teams had their, their moments where they struggled. But Tennessee found a way to gut that one out on the road in a place that has not been very friendly to them. Uh, as a basketball program, the Coleman win. Coliseum, the gutty, gutty win. win, and uh, you know, can they win the next three? They've got a poten- they've got potential to win the next three, but after that, it becomes. Yeah. I mean, it's it tough. You know, and, and again, you look at things. I look at it in watching the game, and you sort of go back and, and reevaluate it. Tennessee had 19 second chance points, and as you pointed out, Fulkerson and Pine, there, there's a lot of hustling, a lot of guys flying around, playing hard. But then you look further, they only had 18 points in the paint. Yeah. Kentucky, 38 points in the paint. And Kentucky's just big. they got some yeah. trees right. in there. And, it, and that's a tough matchup for Tennessee. that's a tough matchup for Tennessee. And, again, so you, you combine that with the fact Tennessee only had three bench points and went seven for 26 from three-point range, it's going to be really almost next to impossible to beat a team of Kentucky's caliber. Now they've got Arkansas on Tuesday night. Quick turnaround for Tennessee coming off this game against Kentucky, but at least it's a turnaround where you stay at home. Yeah. That's an SEC network game. But that, that, that's Ar- Arkansas has lost three of its last four games, so you got to think Arkansas feels, needs this one. feels a lot like Tennessee, that, that this is a game both these teams, and let's not even talk about NCAA tournament aspirations, but just postseason aspirations. This is one that Tennessee almost has to have in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you after the two games after that, I'm pretty sure are Vanderbilt and South Carolina, correct? Right, you go to South Which, Carolina. Yeah, but I mean South Carolina is not very good. I mean I, they're different. They're a little better at home, but it's, it's a game you can win. And then Vanderbilt here. So again, the next three, Tennessee's got to find a way to sweep it. And if they're sitting there at eight and five in league play, with five to go. Yeah, they're, they're then, thirteen and ten, five and five. So you'd love to be able to get to. You'd love to be sixteen and ten and eight and. Five. You'd love to be eight and five and try to find a way to get somehow two more, at least yeah. two more conference wins. But if yeah, if. if and that's winning these next three games, which, again, Tennessee offensively has just not shown the consistency game in, game out, that you say anybody they line up against or, or, or you know, that they're going to be able to do that. Because it, watching them play, I don't know about you, when, you, when I watch Tennessee play, it's you like watching how hard they play and the way they scrap and fight and they don't give in. But it's, it's really almost like watching – a dentist pulling teeth when they play offense because everything is so hard. There's yeah, just nothing I mean, easy. Yeah, I mean the shots they make are contested. I mean the ball movement's not nearly what it what it has been. So I mean you're right. I mean it it, it is a struggle much more than it probably should be. Um, but again, you you've got a guy that's running point guard that was not here a month ago. Well, it's, yeah, it's you not, know, you see, I mean, there's you, reasons you, for it. I mean yeah, I mean you know where would Tennessee be right now if if he was if he was helping spell Lamonte. <laughs> And he was coming right. off the bench. You know what I mean? Because you were talking about the right. bench points. And, and then you had Josiah was healthy. You know, and it, there, there's a lot. Of course, there's a lot of teams that have these type things at this point in the season. All right, let's take our first break here on the nation. 
He's Austin Price. I'm Chris Slow. We're going to catch up on the other side, I think, with our main man, D. Beckwith. Tennessee, one of two signees, wide receiver signees. Tennessee pulled in early this week. We're at the Texas Roadhouse in Alcoa. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Texas Roadhouse is your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. Are you hungry for a great deal? Texas Roadhouse features 11 early dine entrees for less than $10 on Mondays through Thursdays until 6 p.m. You can choose from the six-ounce sirloin, barbecue chicken, pulled pork dinner, and many other favorites. You know, bring in the whole family to enjoy kids' night at Texas Roadhouse. Visit TexasRoadhouse.com to find out the details about your favorite location. Texas Roadhouse is your home for hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs made from scratch sides and dressings, fresh-baked bread, ice-cold beer, and legendary margaritas. Right now, you can get five cents off every gallon of fuel every day. That's five cents off every gallon with Make It Count rewards from Marathon. Plus, you can earn points for additional savings on fuel, airfare, hotels, and more. It's quick and easy to join. Just visit makeitcount.com slash radio or download the free app. So start saving today with Make It Count from Marathon. Offer valid only at participating Marathon locations. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. When it comes to the big orange, you want the score to be ahead at the end of the game. The same is true in flooring. That's why you want to trust Frazier's Carpet One. Whether it's carpet, hardwood, luxury vinyl tile, or more. With Frazier's, the score will always be ahead and in your favor. So give us a call at 546-4850. Everything for the floor, from the score you trust more, Frazier's. This season, get an assist from the coldest player off the bench, Dosecki Cerveza. There's simply no substitute. Dosecki's has been crafting its famous beer for as long as the Vols have been shooting hoops. We're talking over a century of game day greatness. That's tradition you can taste. Dosecki's, good from the opening tip. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing, who remind you to please enjoy Dosecki's responsibly. Journey to the Nation with Chris Lowell.com, Austin Price, VolQuest.com, presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And welcome back to the Nation here at the Texas Roadhouse in Alcoa. Alongside Chris Lowe, I'm Austin Price, and glad to be joined in segment number two by Florence, Alabama's own D. Beckwith. He is the newest Tennessee Vol signee, dating back to the second signing period on Wednesday. D., good to talk to you. Yes, sir. You too. Dee, just take me through, you know, the recruiting process. Uh, everybody knows how important basketball was to you this whole time. I, I joked that I thought it was maybe the funniest that you started taking official visits during the middle of basketball season, and then you had to kind of take some Sundays and Mondays instead of kind of the normal Friday through Sunday type official visits so you could be able to play both basketball and take your official visits. But w- when yeah. you kind of started really narrowing it down and focusing on those two teams, Tennessee and Florida, what, what did you really kind of find out about both schools through the process? 
you know, I, I found out they try to build, like, you know, some close relationships with not only me, but my parents and stuff. And they respected that uh, I played basketball and, you know, that was my priority at the time. So, like, me narrowing those, to those two things now, you know, is really important. And it was like, it. that's why I came down to, like, a really a signing day decision. So... So when, when you sat down and, and started talking about things with your brother Cam, your mom and dad, and other people around you, what what was the determining factors? What what were the key components to making Tennessee uh, the right place for you? Well, one of them was, um, you know, them being able to come down and watch games, you know, rather than going, like, all the way to Florida, you know, which is nine to ten hours, and versus going to Knoxville, you know, like, four hours. So, like, that was really convenient for our family. And then um, my dad, you know, knows a couple people down there from Knoxville. Uh, Miss Myra Miles, you know, we have a close connection with her. So it was like a home away from home, really. Hey, D, it's Chris Lowe with ESPN. Thank you for spending some time with us tonight. You know, when what do you think, as you look at, for those fans who haven't seen you on tape or, excuse me, haven't had a chance to see you play a lot, what do you think you provide as a receiver? Where where can you help? What type of receiver? Are there receivers out there as you have grown as a receiver that you've sort of modeled your game after? Uh, so receiver-wise, you know, uh, I really can't call it, you know, I, you know, I just bring, you know, something different, you know, like as in like a tall physicality, mm-hmm. you know, me, and, me being strong, you know, faster. Um. Uh, I guess I I love myself as like DK, somebody like that, somebody like is big and strong. Right, and, and and I think when you look at the game now, all teams, certainly teams that move the football and, and are explosive on offense, have those guys, yeah. those big physical, bigger targets. Quarterbacks all love those guys, and, and guys that can get open and, and can good can go up and get the fifty fifty balls. I'm sure that's something you take a lot of pride in as well. Yes, sir. Yeah. When, now, when when you look at the Tennessee's offense and what they're able to do uh, last year, the way you know Jim Cheney has long been a guy who's been you know, balanced, throwing the football, running the football. How did yeah. that play into your decision? The kind of offense that Tennessee runs. Uh, I kind of like the offense. You know how they move guys around, like Juwan, and how you um, you know Marquez in different places. You know special teams a little bit. You know, I liked how he got them mismatches, you know, just to get them open and have them score. Right. D, it's Austin again. Uh, obviously, the other person that Tennessee signed on Wednesday was Malachi Weidman. You just don't see many kids trying to play two sports anymore. You, you Both of you guys have the desire and, and, and will we'll transition from football to basketball once football ends. Um you know, um, you know, each year. Uh, just take me through that. Have you talked with Malachi much? And, uh, you know, if you could get a two-on-two tournament, you think you can take the rest of the team? <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Uh, I actually haven't really talked to Malachi much. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to that as soon as we come down you know, and get, the, get together. And we should be able to talk and catch up a little bit. How hard do you think that will be? Because, I mean, playing two sports in high school is one thing because – it just it, it, there's it's just it's the game moves slower and it, but once it, once you get the you know the f- football and basketball in the SEC is gonna move at a certain pace. How would yeah. you try to m- mentally prepare yourself for that? 
uh, you know, me and Malik are playing both sports, and it being both basketball and football, uh, we can probably lean on each other for help, you know, just like move through it together, you know, help each other out with the problems and stuff like that. Yeah, I, this is Chris again. I wonder how much has it helped you as you come up, as you've grown and gotten older to play multiple sports? So much today you're seeing kids specialize early. I'm yeah. talking about when they're 10, 11, 12 years old, they decide, all right, I'm just going to play just football or just baseball or just basketball. Now, granted, you've got to yeah. be a pretty extraordinary athlete to play different sports, and you clearly are. How much do you think it's helped you work ethic, being able to compartmentalize and do different things and work on different things? to be able to play basketball and football at a high level? Uh, it's helped me a lot. You know, actually, you know, the workouts for one sport actually helped me a lot and another. Like, for instance, like, my football workouts, some of the, like, explosion workouts we work out for, like, in legs and stuff like that, it's helped me a lot, a lot in the jumping and, you know, just my natural strength for basketball. So, like, when we work out and stuff, you know, it, like, helps out with different sports, you know, the, the – speed, the twitchiness for football helps out with basketball. Did you hear during the recruiting process, because when, when I talk to coaches all across the country, you know, coaches in the SEC, Big Ten, wherever, they, they say that they look for kids who play multiple sports. In fact, a lot of coaches will like to go watch, and I think this, this happened with some of the Tennessee coaches, that they like to go watch a kid in another sport to see yeah. how that might translate to the sport they're recruiting them for. Did you hear a lot of that from the coaches in the recruiting process, that they liked the fact and it was more appealing to them that you played multiple sports? Uh, yes, sir. They told me it was like, you know, they, they uh, just explained to me how when they go and watch some kids, you know, they'll go watch them play in another sport just to see how they act, just to see how they, like, go out and compete in that other sport, even if it's right. not, like, the main sport. So, D, when basketball ends, and I know you're hoping that it ends, you know, as late as possible and with a potential state title, but when it ends, how would you focus, you know, training efforts and, and, and you know, just working on your craft for football as as you'll get ready to move in and uh, start uh, workouts this summer? Yeah. Um, as soon as basketball over, you know, I'm probably going to get in the field with my brother a little bit. And I actually have a couple of people that's here that like trains me, you know, my footwork, my speed and stuff. So like, uh, as soon as you know, I get a little break from basketball, probably gonna get in the gym some more and get in shape for football. Who's your um, Who's your team at hoops, D? Your NBA team? Uh, you got one? Or, or nah, player? I really, player I really or team? Don't have one. Yeah, I, I got a couple players that's like my my favorite, but I don't really have like a team. That it's like I'm a big fan of. You, th- you think that's just because there's really not an NBA team close to you? I mean, I guess the Hawks is the, clo- the they're the closest team, but I mean, yeah, yeah, um, and, and it's well, actually, really, it's only because like the NBA is changing like almost every day. You know, people getting moved, people getting drafted, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's sense. it's different than it used to be for for we old guys. The back back when I was you know your age, man, one player. You know, whether it was Jordan or Bird or Magic, play their whole career with one team. Those days are long yeah, gone, my friend. But, yeah. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you when you get on campus, uh, both in a Tennessee football and Tennessee basketball uniform. And we certainly appreciate you spending some time tonight with us on the Nation, D. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. All right. You're back with spending some time with us on a, on a Tennessee's 
two receiver signees this past week. Of course, he's the cousin of Lamonte Turner. There you go. Lamonte Turner, a guy that uh, pretty physical basketball player in his own right. Ball certainly could use him back on the court right now. I want to remind Tennessee football fans, AP, that the 2020 Chevrolet Orange and White game is slated for Saturday, April 18th. Be sure to mark the calendar and join head coach Jeremy Pruitt and the Tennessee Vols at Neyland Stadium. That's the 2020 Chevrolet Orange and White game. All right, we're up against our second break here on the nation. So we'll be back here at the Alcoa Texas Roadhouse in just a couple minutes. Fans for the best selection of Big Orange merchandise, touchdown at Hound Dogs in West Knoxville, locally owned and operated. Hound Dogs is your one-stop shop for all things Big Orange. To find out more, text HD Radio to 64600. That's HD Radio to 64600 when it's time to get geared up for game day. Just think Hound Dogs. Hey, Tennessee fans, there's a new player in town. Your favorite Blue Bunny ice cream is now available in Neyland Stadium and at Thompson Bowling Arena. It's time to sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. Made in the ice cream capital of the world, Blue Bunny offers more than 500 varieties of ice cream and novelties. Look for your favorite Blue Bunny products at participating retailers across the state or at concession stands inside Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. Sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. Mortgage Investors Group is the number one residential mortgage lender in the state because they offer superior customer service and their mortgage professionals take pride in finding solutions personalized for you. As your home team lender, the local loan officers at MIG are experts in the market. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, Mortgage Investors Group offers a winning game plan. To get pre-qualified or for information about our locations across Tennessee, visit MIGonline.com. Equal housing lender, license 109111. This is Dr. Colby Stewart with Tennessee LASIK. I've had the privilege of performing over 22,000 LASIK procedures in my career. That's more than a capacity crowd at Thompson Bowling Arena. Do you want to improve your vision? Are you tired of wearing contact lenses and glasses? Visit TNLASIK.com or call 966-9182 to schedule your free consultation today. Tennessee LASIK wants to help you see the Vols in 2020. The world's most refreshing beer is now available at Thompson Bowling Arena. This season, enjoy Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light on Rocky Top. So when the action on the court heats up, Coors Light is there to cool things down. Because it's made to chill, grab the beer that supports the balls. Ice cold Coors Light. Visit CherokeeDistributing.com to register for a chance to win a Coors Light Yeti Tundra. Must be 21 to win. Contest ends March 6th. Celebrate responsibly. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. Hey, welcome back into The Nation. This is Chris Slow, AP, a.k.a. Austin Price with the Texas Roadhouse here in Alcoa. Let's go right back to the phone lines and like to welcome in a very special guest, the head baseball coach at the University of Tennessee, Tony Vitello. Tony, my friend, baseball season is here. You crank it up this Friday in Lindsey Nelson Stadium against Western Illinois. You guys ready? Yeah, as soon as the snow stopped yesterday, and then the start <laughs> of a college baseball season. So here we are and, and ready to go and fortunate enough to start at home. You know, Tony, every season, I don't care what sport it is, stands on its own. I've been doing this long enough to know that. But I, I just wonder from your perspective, the momentum that you guys generated as a program last year to get back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2005, to win 40 games the momentum we've seen on the recruiting trail, 
How much has that been obvious that you guys have been preparing and getting ready for the start of this season? Well, I think it matters with any program in any sport. Belief is such a huge word uh, in any athletic competition. And so it, it helps if you've been there. You can call it experience if you want. And then it helps if, you know, you're a part of something that expects to be there and has a track record of doing so. It just carries a lot of weight. But at the same time, each season and each team, again, any sport is mutually exclusive from the other. So we kind of know the story that was written by last year's team, but we we don't really know what what all is entailed for this team. Tony, Chris just brought it up, and you did too, the the belief system. When you – can start to see that tide turn a little bit. How, how gratifying is that as a head coach who's taken over a program that had not had a whole lot of success in the last decade uh, on the baseball diamond to see the kids start to believe, to see results start to show up? And, and, and really, where does that kind of start to fester itself at? <laughs> well, it, it, the first thing that comes to mind is it's you get a chance to take a deep breath, and you can ask Coach Pruitt that. I'm sure he'd feel that way about halfway through the season because uh, it's such an important step, as you mentioned. And then the other thing is it's not under your control. Um, Your coaching staff can instill and preach and give examples and all those things, but it's really got to be everybody in the building. And you see that when there's a new NFL coach or a, a new coach hired by the Cubs or whoever it might be, they start to try and change the culture to what they think is best and then everyone either jumps on board or they don't, and it's not going to work unless a massive percentage or a very high percentage of the people are on board and do believe. Tony, uh, it's Chris again. I've yet to see a, a baseball team equipped to go deep into the postseason that wasn't good and deep in its pitching staff. What do you like best about your staff as you guys get ready to start this season? Well, I, I like the fact that Coach Anderson's coaching them, and uh, I like our catching. And, and so I'm just going based off of experience. You know, when I start, started coaching the pitchers, I was very inexperienced, and so I copied Frank's kind of system or, you, you know, way he went about it, and now I'm fortunate enough to stand next to him in the dugout, and he's as good as anyone if you ask me. And then, two, being a former position player, I put a lot of pressure on those catchers because uh, they're the ones that touch the ball every pitch of the game. You know, the pitchers right. kind of cycle in and out. So I think we're very strong there. But the point you're getting at is we've got a lot of depth. There now has kind of been a tradition started really over the last two years of, you know, our guys throw strikes. We've got good arms. There's going to be some guys that, that move on to pro ball. And so there's a little lineage there. And, again, now, now guys that are part of our staff kind of believe in themselves a little bit more because they know – it's a tough group to be a part of, and they know it's going to be a pretty good group every year. you got some new faces this year, uh, in particular some guys coming in from JUCO. What have you liked from those guys that you've seen in the fall and here in the February months as you get ready for the season? Yeah, I, I would go a tale of two semesters. I, I, I like that you know they now look like juniors or you know Chad Dallas is a sophomore. He was only a JUCO for one year. But just more comfortable is the theme. Guys are no longer tentative or wanting to impress the coaches too much and things like that like they were in the first semester. They know their way around. They know their teammates. They kind of know what we're looking for. And uh, they've kind of let their ability speak for itself, for themselves uh, the last few outings and games we've seen out of those guys. Coach, it's Austin Price again. When you uh, 
when you started to have success last year, the, the crowd started picking up over at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. How much does that change things for 18 to 22-year-olds when they have an atmosphere that they can kind of get excited about to play in and the crowd gets loud when, you know, you know, at the proper time, when, when when you can get a good atmosphere at Lindsey Nelson, how much does that help this baseball program? It, it, it's so huge. Uh, so that that's the one word I'd use to just go with a, a description. But in the day and age of analytics, I'd say if you're at home on the Internet, just look at SEC teams' home records. And you could look at it over the last decade, too. The programs that are the mainstays in this conference, which is really 10 or 12 programs, uh, are guys that hold serve at home, and, and that's non-conference and conference. There's a lot of really difficult environments that we have to go into, uh, some more than others. But if it's a true SEC environment like we had last year during a couple of our series, it can, it can literally grab us a game because a ton of these SEC games come down to one or two plays or – you know, or a one or two run discrepancy. Um, so it literally can make a difference. And like I said, the numbers kind of back that up. Tony, you guys have done a lot to improve the looks both inside and outside Lindsey Nelson Stadium. What what else maybe might we see down the road on the horizon? What else would you like to see? Obviously, the, the big thing last year was artificial turf, and that made a difference just being able to play games. Sure. I can remember some being over there, well, some of those early season games when it was raining and cold, but just be able to get those games in. But what else might we see coming down the pike? Well, if you ask the players, their answer is going to be what they had on today, and it's our brand-new white uniforms. Uh, so right now that's all they care about is the gear. Uh, <laughs> they, they got some new white shoes who actually Andre Lipschitz uh, kind of helped us with those. But, uh, you know, white uniforms, and, and those guys are jacked up about those. So the fans will see those. But a lot of the changes that have been made are kind of in the underbelly of the stadium, and unfortunately not every fan can see that. Um, But what's coming in the stadium is the seats down the right field line will become chairback seats instead of bleacher seats like they are now. So the whole stadium has that one clean, uh, similar look across the board with those chairbacks. And then the very next thing to do will be uh, left field. The porch out there has been, you know, talked about forever, you know, kind of making it a – Todd Elton's porch or, uh, you know, expanding it to two decks. There's been a million ideas thrown around, but that's Chris, really the next target. Chris Lowe's layer. I like that. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I t- we, I, he's got to <laughs> earn that, but we can do it. We can do it. I mean, he's got to set the can, criteria out there, but yeah. we like to earn stuff around here. Get the, get the checkbook out, Lowe. <laughs> you know, you guys were such a fun team to watch play last year, whether it's Al Solari making one of his, you know, vintage diving catches. In the outfield, you know, the way you were aggressive offensively. What might fans expect this year? And, of course, we hadn't played a game yet, but but what do you hope fans see from this team along those lines this year, Tony? Well, I, I think you want to carry that, kind of like Frank's deal on the mound. You, you, all the strengths you have from the past, you want to carry those over into the next year and kind of make it a tradition or whatever you want to label it as. But I, I think – what I liked the best in the Clemson game that we played in the fall, of course we played right. two fall games, was just the energy and the sincere interest in seeing each other do well. And that's such a powerful thing, and it's not anything we coached. I think we just got a lot of personalities, and they seem to kind of feed off each other. And and that whole deal, if, if you can get everybody fired up for another man's success, because you got to use a lot of guys in baseball, 
Um, and there's a lot of downtime in baseball. That's, that's a massive weapon. And they showed that we had that in that instance. Now, can we keep it for 56 games is the challenge I've laid out to them. Well, and, and I had a chance to be there for the first pitch banquet. And, and there is to be there and feel the momentum, the energy around the program. I, I really thought it was so cool, Tony, the way you guys brought so, so many former players back. VFLs and in, in the in the roundtable that John Wilkerson did such a masterful job of leading and telling the stories, but the stories of what Tennessee meant to them, their experience at Tennessee, and and that to me, when you start talking about great programs and building a program, that's what all those programs have in common. No, no question, and you can see of those four guys how they're kind of bonded together for life because of you know the times they had here. You know, you'd like to raise a national championship trophy. Nobody more than me in, the, in that case. But, you know, you got to have some other stuff, too, that goes good for you. And, and kind of that bond goes on forever. But there's there's got to be work into that. you got to have success for the bonds to be there. And you got to have some good people and good personalities. And, and they had it back in the day. And, and really, there's been a lot of good people involved in this program since then. It's just putting together that formula to win, you know, the magic amount of games that, you know, makes it a memorable season. Well, I know you look forward to seeing the fans out there. You guys crank it up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday next week against Western Illinois at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Then Charlotte in town on Tuesday. And then you're off the Round Rock Classic. Uh, my only request for you, Tony, is I want you to order about, I don't know, 71, 70-degree temperatures on that Friday for those Friday, Saturday, and Sunday games, and uh, we look forward to that, okay? And half, <laughs> half-price I, hot dogs. I think I'm going to epically fail on Friday, probably because I don't have a Valentine. But Saturday and Sunday look good, and Sunday the kids get to run the base. So let's do it on the weekend. Let's do it. Listen, man, we really appreciate you spending some time with us on the nation. Let's do it again down the road. Good luck to you, Tony. Look forward to being out there at the ballpark and watching this version of the balls play this coming season. Let me let us know when we're doing the ribbon cutting for Chris Lowe's layer out there <laughs> off uh, the uh, right field line, okay? You, you put it out there, so we're going to have a day where something goes down out there. We, we appreciate you guys. Chris Lowe throws up the first pitch. I like it. Boom. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it, man. That's Tony Vitello. Right, we'll all right, that's Tony Vitale, University of Tennessee head baseball coach, spending some time with us on the nation. We're totally making that happen. The baseball balls open the season this Friday at Lindsey Nelson Stadium against Western Illinois, a three-game set. All right, let's take our final break on the nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse in Alcoa. We'll be back in just a couple I think minutes. you can get the cross-home plate. We'd like to remind fans that this season, enjoy the refreshing taste of Coors Light and Dos Equis. Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer, it's made to chill. And Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Both these great brands distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. Celebrate responsibly, and 21 means 21. It takes talent and grit to win a sports championship. And the same is true in flooring. With our master installers and flooring experts, Frazier's brings the best team to your floor. Call us at 546-4850 to win the new floor championship. Everything for the floor from the team you trust more, Frazier's. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. 
Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage license 109111. There's something out there for you and me. And the American road is calling. So what's it going to be? American spirit. This season, get an assist from the coldest player off the bench. Dosecchi's Cerveza. There's simply no substitute. Dosecchi's has been crafting its famous beer for as long as the Vols have been shooting hoops. We're talking over a century of game day greatness. That's tradition you can taste. Dosecchi's, good from the opening tip. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing, who remind you to please enjoy Dosecchi's responsibly. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. All right, welcome well, back into the final segment. AP trying to step on my toes here. You're, you're, you're a good team guy most of the time. Oh, I'm always a team guy. Most of the time you're a good team guy, but sometimes you try to step out there. And yeah, no like no other teammate that you've ever had on this show was willing to step back and let you do all the listen, readers, listen, come you, in and out of break. I just kind of, you know. Just just trying to stay in my lane, brother. You know. what, what's Bo Schembechler's famous saying? The team, the team, the team. I'll let you filibuster for 40 minutes and don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the Marathon Question of the Week. Want a full tank of freedom? Stop by your neighborhood Marathon Station. Marathon fueling the American spirit. Is Tennessee done? Is Tennessee's basketball team, as far as the NCAA tournament hopes, is it over? Not- or or, or can, they, can, can they win these next three and position themselves for a puncher shot with five to go? I think to have any chance, they've got to be. They've got to be eight and five. Yeah, knowing, but, knowing the teams that are left on the schedule those last five. But they've got to get to at least at least ten wins in a conference. At least. And even then, I think it's you have, have to win a couple in, in Nashville. Yeah, and, who, and, can, and can you get one of those wins that counts like three? Could you, could you beat an Auburn, for instance? Yeah, on the road, yeah. something like that. One, one of the, those kind of wins that the, the select committee sits up and says, wow, this is, this is a win late in the season. Because I, I don't care what anybody says, if you get one of those wins late – it always seems to matter more than winning one of those in November or December. So I think the, they've got to get to 10 wins in a conference season and then make some hay in the conference tournament. I don't think they're done. It, they've, got, they've got to get more. They've got to get, find a way to get more from their bench, okay? And they've got to be able to score the basketball inside and get some easy, easier shots and not have everything be so hard. And I, I don't listen, I don't have the answers for all that. You said it best. And one of our first segments tonight to have a freshman that really wasn't even supposed to be here is running your team right <laughs> he now. He wasn't here yeah. a month ago. Right, but it wasn't but wasn't even supposed to be a part of the equation. I don't think Rick Barnes ever in his wildest dreams felt like he'd be running their basketball team right now at the point. But to have him do it sort of says where this team is. This is what they do best is they play hard and they don't give up. They don't give up. Okay, they scrap and they and they play good D. They're limited at times. They're on the ball defense. Especially without they miss Josiah James. Yeah. He's really good on his perimeter defense. They miss him, uh, but finding ways to score the basketball and not have it be so hard all the time and getting some more production off the bench, I think are the two areas that they're going to have to improve in if they're going to have any chance. And I think more realistically, the question right now is, 
can this team get to the point where they have a chance to go to the NIT? Yeah, can they get to above 500? Because yeah. then, then you can be eligible for the NIT. I, here's the other thing about this basketball team. You talk about the points. I mean, you're right. I mean, the bench yesterday only outscored the combination of me and you by three. Um, but a lot of this goes back to, like, you know, Camwa, not really ready. Pember, not ready. Antonio or Antonio Gaines, good grief. Devontae Gaines, not ready. I mean, like, you, they're just – they need a, they need a, an off season in the weight room. Yeah, you look at Gaines and Pember's bodies. Oh, they're, they're just, just they're not SEC. They're babies. Ready. They're not SEC. They're babies. Ready. Now this time next year, you'd hope having a season, a whole year but, in the conditioning, the strength program, they're going to be a lot more equipped and, physically. And while it's easy for it or easier for freshmen to come in and have a huge impact in basketball than it ever is in football, you still don't want that. I mean, like, you know, unless you're trying to get with the one-and-done type players, and none of these guys are that. So, I mean, like, right. this whole notion that, like, Camel was going to come in here and, you know, be be this great addition, I think he will be in time. Look at what Pons has done. Right. You know, you just have to have time. I mean, the, it's just asking a lot. There was just naturally going to be this step back this year. And uh, if you can get the postseason play and, 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 you know, they've got a couple of decent wins on their resume, uh, continue to battle, continue to scrap, continue to fight and claw, I mean, again, that's all you can ask from a team again that lost one of their really their you know their biggest senior leader in Lamonte Turner, um, the one guy on the floor that you know had the dagger mentality uh, in Lamonte Turner, and then added a guy like Santiago Vascovi <laughs> at Christmas. I mean, like you know, it, it's 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 amazing that this team is as functional as it is. To be honest, I think it's a really good coaching job by the entire staff, and that's not you know putting the orange-colored glasses on and saying everything's rainbows. But at the same time, I mean, like, when you look at what all they lost, where would they be right now, Chris, if Jordan Bone had not decided to go to the league? If Jordan Bone was on this team, would Lamonte Turner have been able to come slower out of the gate? Right. Which means he probably plays the entire year. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's a trickle-down effect from every decision made. There's a trickle-down effect. And, and, you know, when when Jordan Bone left... To me, it, it's not the, when Grant left. I mean, Grant was going. And well, he was a first-round pick. He was a two-time SEC player of the year. Yeah, should have gone. When, but Jordan Bone, if Jordan Bone stays, where's this team at right now? Because I would say they're at least three games better than what they are. Yeah, and you know, I always hate to assess any team season until we get to the end of the year. And, and right now, you know, we're, we're all, and especially in basketball, you play so many games, we're all sort of, slanted toward the last game. I mean, after that Alabama game, the way they gutted out that game, go, go back to the Kansas game. With the way they played against fought, Kansas and fought and, and, had a ch- and had a shot at a place nobody goes in and wins. Yeah. You know, and then you come off, the, the, you know, what was it, a week later, the A&M game yeah, at the, home. Yeah, the game they should have, they just gave away. So we're all sort of victims of but, that last game. Where is this team in late November, excuse me, late February, early March. How are they playing? Are some of these young guys you just point out, are they starting to get more from them? Does Bowden find his shot? Is he a little bit more consistent offensively? Does Euros give him something inside? These are all things that need to happen if this team's going to make the kind of step that it's going to need to make to even have a sh- chance to, to to realistically talk about the NCAA tournament. Exactly. It won't happen. But, I mean, I could obviously – make an argument that maybe Jordan Bowden needs to come off the bench just for his psyche a little bit, just to kind of see the flow of the game come in two minutes in. I mean, like, just just to change it up. I mean, he's struggling. And, again, as good a kid as there is. I, I hate it. I, I hate this kid. I, or I hate it for this kid because 
I've like, known Jordan since he was a, a young freshman, sophomore in high school. I, I, w- I wish, like anything, he could yeah. start just kind of finding some consistency. And he's, and he's, he's facing the kind of thing he hasn't had to face. Again, teams are game planning. Oh, yeah. Everything he's getting everybody's number one scout to take him out of the game, which he didn't have to face. Of course, nobody would. You've got an Admiral Schofield, a Grant Williams, a Jordan Bone, Lamonte Turner, totally different deal. Our thanks to D. Beckwith, our thanks to Tony Vitello for joining us tonight on the Nation. My thanks to my main man, AP. We'll be here next Sunday night on the Nation, right back here at the Texas Roadhouse. And our core blessings, everybody. We hope it's a great. You've been listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals at VolQuest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Discover how a full tank of freedom from marathon will take you wherever you go marathon fueling the american spirit by tennessee lasik associates proud supporter of the tennessee volunteers see the difference with tennessee lasik by blue bunny ice cream available in neyland stadium and thompson bowling arena and by dosekis the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff keep it interessante and please enjoy dosekis responsibly distributed across the volunteer state by cherokee distributing The Nation is also brought to you by... Join us again next Sunday across the Volunteer State for more news on college sports and the SEC.